Hey Jubilee, we're so excited that you've joined us online today to listen to this message in our series, Unseen. If you haven't already heard, you can get better connected to our church by creating an account on JFC Portal or JFC Mobile. If you're on your computer, just go to jfc.org forward slash portal. And if you're on your mobile device, just go to your app store and search Jubilee Fellowship Church. If you'd like to give, just go to jfc.org forward slash give. Thank you so much and have a great day. campuses or online. We are so excited to have you here with us. Both of us are excited to have you here. (laughs) We are currently in the middle of a teaching series called Unseen, and we've been dealing with spiritual warfare and whether that is how to detect it in your own life. Maybe you thought you were just having a bad day, but maybe it went deeper than that, and there was really spiritual warfare going on. And then last week, Pastor John dad got into how to fight and how to begin to combat that spiritual warfare and ultimately we want to see you win the war we want to see you win over the spiritual warfare that may be going on in your own life or that you may have experienced or are experiencing but as my brother it's like a family affair going on said this is Um, a very special weekend that we get to teach together. I think the first time we were ever on stage together, I was probably five and I jumped off the stairs and yes, if I want to say anything and I said no. So it's pretty, I've come a long way since then. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, and I just feel the need to have to say uh, publicly, I told you to call me Reverend, not Dad. So... um, In in the house as well, (laughs) that growing up happened. Um... Yes. Yeah. So I, uh, uh, Kate and I, you know, we've never taught together. We've never tag teamed together. Uh, the message, we're going to talk about spiritual warfare over families and in particular over children, but we're going to do it from two different angles. Uh, she's going to take it. She's a new mom uh, with a young child. And so she's going to talk about just spiritual warfare uh, when children live in your house. I'm an older parent. My kids are all, they're grown and they're out and many of them are already married. And so do, let, let me ask this question real quickly. Uh, how many of you with children who are grown, how many of you know your parenting never ends, does it? I used to have this myth in my mind that when they turned 18, somehow we would be free and uh, wealthy. And the truth of the matter is, uh, <laughs> just simply, it, your parenting never... I already it, have it my never, birthday list ready for you. I, I know. Yeah. Kay's birthday is this next week. So, uh, so maybe you're sitting there thinking, okay, how is this spiritual warfare? Uh, it, so in particular, let me, let me connect dots for you real quickly, and then we'll, we'll jump right into the message. Uh, we've been using Ephesians chapter 6 as our basis for teaching this series. Ephesians 6 begins with Uh, The very fact that we don't wrestle with flesh and blood, but we wrestle against principalities, uh, unseen spiritual issues in our world. And then Paul encourages us to be able to see those things. And then it moves into the next part of the chapter in Ephesians 6, which says, put on the full armor of God. We have both uh, defensive uh, armor and we have offensive armor. Uh, one of the, the, the issues that we're given for offense is the Word of God, the Bible. And so the Bible tells us that it's, it's actually called the sword of the Spirit. And here's a thought right here. One thing about a sword is you don't have to be super skilled to pick one up and start swinging, yes or no. You, you, you just, that's not the nature of it. If you pick it up 
and begin to use it, it has an effect with it. So we're going to talk uh, literally how the Word of God then becomes the issue that you use in spiritual warfare for your family. So I don't want you to think, God, this is for like super spiritual people or for pastors. They're the only ones. They're, they're the skilled ones with this. That is not the way to think about this. If you pick up your sword and use it, it will have a powerful effect. All right, years and years ago, a scripture that uh, the Lord had given Chris and I that we used as, it was a parenting scripture, but we used it for spiritual warfare. And we use it as our transition point here. Uh, John chapter 1, verse 17. So John's explaining a little bit of the, the Old Testament, the New Testament, bringing the two things together. And this is, how, um, uh, this is how it's all brought together. He says, for the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus. Now, the scripture in and of itself, it just stands alone. But uh, when I was a younger father, I, I got a truth from that where the Lord talked to me about when your kids are younger, be Moses, man. Give the law. Don't be afraid to, to lay a foundation to set things up. But when they get older, you've got to learn to transition into grace and truth because now it's their turn to build on the foundation that you've given. Does that make sense? And so with that in mind, Kate's going to take it uh, on the beginning part right here um, and, and how this works. So uh, really, I guess what we would call this uh, really two, um, two principles for raising your children, but I guess maybe a better way to say it would be two principles for spiritual warfare yeah. in the lives of your family or over your children. So um, I guess we'll, we'll, I'll turn it over to you, and we'll just tag team a little bit, and you, yeah. you go. Yeah, I think something I want to point out with that scripture that the Lord has revealed to me is um, when we're fighting against principalities and spirits, that it's not just we're fighting against them for ourselves but that the enemy hates your children and hates your family just as much as he hates you. And that he's out to steal and kill and destroy. And he wants to do those things in the young ones as well, whether or not that's six years old or 65 years old, that's his desire. And so we wanted to come today and talk about this is, this is how you combat and these are the things that we're doing. So. I thought I got a little bit of the boring part at first because I was like, okay, Moses, the law. <laughs> Younger daughter gets it. No, but what the Lord has been revealing to me is Moses laid the foundation for what Jesus was coming to do. And the law is not this bad thing. And it didn't come to condemn people, but I think it came to bring um, life. It is this safety net of here, God, it wasn't out of anger that the Lord said, here are the rules and here's what to follow. And in the same way, as a parent creating rules, we don't do that out of anger. We are doing it out of love. I'm not, when my son Ezra gets old enough, he probably would love to eat ice cream every night for dinner and stay up till 2 a.m., that's not going to happen in our house because I love him and I care for him and I want to see good things happen in his life. So I think as I was preparing for this message, when it says, for the law was given through Moses, I saw this picture of this perimeter. And my son has a perimeter that we are going to create and are creating around him. And in this perimeter... 
The perimeter is the guidelines and the law that we're setting up for him, the things he can and cannot do. But the amazing part about creating this perimeter for a child is that inside of it, Ezra can grow and can discover and can create and is allowed to be who God is calling him to be. But it's inside that perimeter. And if he were to step outside of it, then there's consequences that happen. Just like when we step outside of God's covering of what he says, this is right. This is what I'm calling you to. It's the same exact thing. In Proverbs 22, 6, it says, Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. So in this scripture, we're in the training up child phase. This is where we're at. But I want to point out that this scripture is not a guarantee that if you raise your child to know the Lord, that they're always going to know the Lord. There's free will. We talked about it this week. There's There's always free will as humans, and and the Lord has given us that choice. We all have a choice, and when children grow up, they make the same choice that we have made. But I want to encourage you that if you are raising your children or if you are in that process, that this scripture, the encouragement in it is, I want to make the path so clear and so bright and so easy for Ezra to get on that it is hard to be pulled away from it so that when he has been trained up, he will know the path, that when he is walking, he will know right from wrong. That's what the scripture is telling us. And so three things that we want to do with Ezra and that we, as my husband and I, are doing to train him up, the things that I feel like God has called not only us to do, but the things that we should be doing with our children are this. And the first one in training him up and in doing spiritual warfare with him is prayer. And it sounds so simple, but this is something I think I've, I mean, we, we did it every morning yep. before we went to school. We did it every night. My dad secret little story. I used to grab onto his leg while he was praying over me and go, don't leave my room. <laughs> He'd go, okay, it's time to go to bed. But that has been passed on to me now. And so I pray for my son. When I get up in the morning, I pray for him. When I am brushing my teeth, I pray for him. When I'm holding him in my arms, I pray for him. When I'm feeding him, I pray for him. I'm continually praying over him and for him. But there is one time each night that my husband and I set aside to pray for our son, and it's right before he goes to bed. And I think this is probably just something that you've passed on to me that now I do with my son, but we set aside our phones, we turn off the TV, and it's just for a few minutes. And some of the things we pray for are health. I pray that I plead the blood of Jesus over my son every night and that he would be healthy and that no sickness would come near him. And I take authority in that. And my husband does as well. But I think the thing that we pray and that our most fervent prayer for our son is this, is, and we say it every single night together, may you know how much your mommy loves you. May you know how much your daddy loves you. But even more than that, may you know how much your father loves you in heaven loves you. And he doesn't understand those words right now, and he doesn't get it, but I understand those words. And that is my prayer for my son, that 
when he gets older and when the, the enemy begins to attack him, the thing I believe is, is if he knows the love of the Father, it is much easier to know the lies of the enemy if he understands the truth of the that's Father. Good. And that's what we pray for him, and that is our heart for him, is that he would know that. And he can't talk yet, and he can't speak. He's six months old, but we pray for him. And we, that is something God has called us to do as you're raising your children, to pray for them. And in a situation, maybe you're confused. Maybe there's something you don't know where to go or where to turn. Begin to pray. Begin to seek God in that situation. What would he have you do? The second thing that God has called us to do is to help our children discover their destiny. So way back before I even was pregnant, I probably a month into marriage, I felt God speak to me about this son that I was going to have and who he was going to be and the things that he was going to do. And I was like, oh, okay, but I'd really like a daughter. And prayed that. And then when I got pregnant, totally all of us, my sister has five girls, so maybe that was part of this, but all of us were convinced that I was having a girl and I was picking out girl names and girl clothes and all. Of, I, was, I was so right that I was having a girl. And then the person, I don't know, the person who shows you the pictures <laughs> tells me, you're having a boy. And I went, I think you're wrong. <laughs> wasn't wrong. It's a boy. But... The Lord spoke to me in that moment and reminded me, don't you remember? Don't you remember the things that I have for this child and the destiny and the things that I am calling your son to? And I was like, yes, Lord. What do you want me to do with it? And he, I, I just hear it so clearly. I want you to hold it. And right now my son does not understand destiny, wouldn't even know that word from mama, which we're really trying to get him to say right now. <laughs> but I know what his destiny is, and his father knows what his destiny is. And as he grows up, I'm going to help him discover his destiny, and I'm going to hold it for him. And I'm not going to allow the enemy to come in and to steal that from him because I know the fullness of who my son is going to be. And inside the perimeter that we've set up and inside this, this place, this safety, this kingdom to play in for him, he gets to discover. And the things that God's going to speak to him or is speaking to him, I, I think the Lord speaks to him right now. And as he begins to articulate these things, my answer isn't going to be, do you really want to do that? But it's going to be, is God calling you to this? Let's make it happen. Let's help do this. And I'm going to remind him, hey, you're called to great things in this life, Ezra. Even his name, when we, when we named him, it means helper. And I believe he's going to help people in this world. And that's his destiny. And he's called to that. And I'm going to help him discover that. And the third thing that we're called to do for our children in the raising season is standing in the gap. And that might sound a little bit like the prayer, but I think the difference in it is the combat. This is, you're taking action. You're, you're, you're taking up your sword, and you're not just fighting against the flesh of his best friend might hurt him one day, but deeper things than that of what's going on in the spiritual realm or in the unseen that we are not aware of. Before he was born, I had this dream about 35 weeks pregnant that there was this hooded figure in my room, and I just felt this presence of, I'm just, it was after me or something like that. And then two days later, 
I got put in the hospital with a terrible, terrible, my pregnancy just wasn't good. It was just great baby, really hard pregnancy. But I got put in the hospital with a horrible infection. And they're, they're talking about delivering him, and they're talking about my will, and if I have things prepared. And I just, this dream flashes before me, and I just think, the enemy's after me. And we begin to combat, my husband and I, and you and mom step in, and you're yep. there, and we're praying, and we're believing, and God is faithful, and my son got to be delivered at full term, and is just the healthiest little baby boy. Well, we take him home, and I have another dream. Same hooded figure is in my room, but this time, he articulates, I'm after your son. And I'm not a very brave person. I would never say that's probably a way to describe me. I'm usually <laughs> like, JJ, go tell that person to be nice. And I'm like, I'll stand back here. But in my dream, I'm like, no, you won't. You can't have my child. Because he can't be brave yet. And he can't fight yet. But I can fight. And no one's going to get in the way of my child. And no enemy and no spiritual attack will stand in his way because I will stand in that way and I will stand in the gap for him and that presence hasn't touched him and he is innocent to it because I stood in the gap for him and my husband and I woke up that night and we did spiritual warfare I think when you become a parent you realize how much your parents did for you behind the scenes while you were just simply sleeping in your bed or playing with your beanie babies and being told to go to bed but there are things that happen behind the scenes. But in this season, we are called for prayer to help your child to discover their destiny and to stand in the gap for them. Those are the things that we are training him up in so that that path is clear for him when he begins to have to combat his own spiritual warfare. Let me, um, before I jump into my part, let me just ask you, articulate a little bit more, maybe unpack the idea you said um, we saw this hooded figure and he, he said, I, I want your son. You said we did spiritual warfare for him. How did you do spiritual warfare? What does that mean? What did you guys do that night? So we turned our lights on and we started to declare the promises that God has for our son of no God, you have good things for him, and you are his protection. We believe that He, greater is he that is in us. I think if you don't know what to pray, or if you're struggling with that, grab your Bible and just begin to call out the scripture because there is such life and there is power in the word of God more than you even realize. And if you don't even have your Bible, begin to declare Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, you will not touch my child. I think that's the thing. There is power in his name. And when we begin to speak it out, it begins to transform the atmosphere that is around us. Haven't had a dream since then either. So, You're a good teacher, man. I get it from someone. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Your mother. Um, so let me give you the second thing. So that, that scripture in John says that uh, the law came through Moses, but grace and truth through Jesus. So as I begin... Um, let me address this. I realize when we put our message together and we decided to talk about spiritual warfare over children, I realize that not every one of you in this room uh, fits that demographic right there. Some of you may not have children. Some of you, it, it, you may find like, you know, I, maybe this one just goes past me. Don't, um, don't look past the spiritual warfare that can be done in any situation that we're talking about. Now, we're giving a specific on kids, 
marriage. You could use this in marriage. You could use this with friends. You could use this in, in whatever situation you find yourself in life. The opportunity to declare what God wants. You have an enemy that wants to take, but you have a God who set up an opportunity for you to win. And you've got to think that way. So let me begin uh, talking right now to those who this does hit squarely right in the place that you're living. You're, you're a parent, whether it's a parent of young ones, uh, adult ones, maybe even as a grandparent at this point. Let me, let me say this statement, see if you can agree. Um, if you're a believer, the number one thing, more important than who the child marries, whether or not they'll graduate from college, how much money they make, what it looks like long-term in their life, number one thing, if you're a believer, is that when that day comes where we all stand before the Lord, you want your children in heaven with you. Yes or no? Yes. That's... The, the critical part of this message is you could miss, you could think this is a principle for making sure your children grow. This is a principle to make sure your kids get to heaven. And I would just share with you, uh, maybe when I was young, raising my kids, the reality of this hit me, what would I give on that day in exchange for my child's life? I would give every dollar I ever made in my life, would you? I would give every opportunity that was ever given to me to make sure that they were all... I can't imagine being on that day and having one of them missing, so I take this serious. And if you sit here tonight and this, this hits you, you're, you're listening at a campus or online and this hits you and you're like, I'm not sure if when we stand before God, if I'm going to have them missing, then this message becomes critical to you. Do not panic, don't give up, and don't fret at me. Man, do spiritual warfare right now. Yeah. Stand in the gap for your kid. Do this. And if you don't have children doing it for their children, you be that one. Stand in the gap. And let me quickly, so Jesus really then, when it says that the grace um, and, and truth came through Christ, really what Jesus was doing was building on the foundation that Moses gave. Jesus didn't come to do away with the law. He came to fulfill the law. He's the perfect fulfillment of those things. So let me just, let me throw this out to you. Proverbs 29, 18, uh, a scripture, maybe you're familiar with it. It says where there is no prophetic revelation or understanding, where people don't understand what God's purpose is for their life, eventually they'll just cast off restraint. So here's how to look at that scripture, or what modern verbiage would say. No person as an adult is held in place just because you tell them what to do. A person walks in the place in life they're supposed to when they understand, by doing this, God has blessing for me. I'm fulfilling God's purpose in my life. God has great things for me when I chase after God. Does that make sense? So our job when we're, when we're helping them build on this and, and laying a, a kingdom out before them, folks, when they hit a certain age, you've got to transition from being the lawgiver to being the one that helps them understand grace and truth. Because if you don't, when your kids get old enough, they will cast off the restraint you're trying to put on them. No one wants to live under the threat of the law being broken. Yes or no? We want to live under the idea of like, I will be successful when I do these things. I will find blessing when I do these things. So transferring your understanding of how you do warfare becomes important. So let me, let me give you my three. Katie and I, when we prepared this message together, we thought it would be kind of funny uh, if we said the exact same thing, but from two different viewpoints. When Katie talks about prayer, she's praying for a young child right now. Let me tell you how I pray for my children right now. When they were little, I did the things that she did. I would, listen, 
my kids, she's right, they would be sleeping. I would go in their room. I would anoint them with oil. I would slather it all over the doorpost. I would put it on the handle so when they touched it, whether they knew it or not, they were touching what I considered to be a representation of the anointing of the Holy Spirit. I would lay in front of their doors at time and just cry out to God on their behalf. Did they know those? No. That was praying for them as they were children. But now, as adults, the difference is it's not in front of their door and it's not with the urgency of, God, help them to walk in this path. Now I pray releasing the kingdom of God over their lives. God, you have great things planned for my children. So when I'm praying this afternoon... I bring up Katie, I bring up JJ, I bring up Ezra, and I'm calling forth their destiny. I'm calling forth what God's going to do with them in the future. I'm calling forth that it is the heritage of the servants of the Lord to have children and grandchildren who serve God. And I'm thanking the Lord for giving me an opportunity to even enjoy that, man. It's a blessing to even enjoy that. So my prayer changes a little bit, but the warfare for my children, folks, this is, I, I joked about it in the beginning, but it's the truth. You never do hit a point when you're not a parent. You just don't. I heard someone say a long time ago, once you have a child, really what decision you made is that your heart is now going to walk outside of your body for the rest of your life. Is that or is that not true? Doesn't matter how old they get. Doesn't matter really what happens in life and the journey, your heart is with them. How about this one right here? So she mentioned destiny, helping them discover. My part with destiny now is helping them fulfill it. Look, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm, I, I debated whether I should say this because I don't want to be taken the wrong way. It's the greatest honor in my life to have my children want to work with me in ministry. And somebody said one time, well, that's, that's nepotism. First of all, I don't move anybody out of the way to give my kid an opportunity. If there's one and they feel called, how wonderful is it my children feel called to ministry? I love it. I, it's, it's such a blessing. Not all of them feel that. In fact, when they initially told me that they felt called, the ones who did, I tried to talk them out of it, tell them you can probably do a lot of things Go without as much. Go get a degree first. Yeah, get a degree first. That's exactly right. But I think in the idea of, of destiny, part of what I, my kids, I want to open up opportunity for them to do what God's called them to do. Anybody else feel like that? So like the opportunity to teach with her right now. Man, this is part of her destiny. When we get done with this, I'm not going to have a word of like, Katie, here's the way I would have said this. You know what I'm going to I'm going to party and dance around this kid who at 25 years old is speaking on behalf of the gospel of Christ. Wow! Wow! How many of you would love for your children to do that? With, wow! God, how blessed I am. How awesome. Here's part of how... No, I'm a little excited about that. Uh, on the destiny part, Lamentations. Look at this scripture real quick. Lamentations chapter 1. Uh, the second part of verse 9 is talking about the nation of Israel, but look at the scripture. She did not consider her destiny. In other words, she forgot what God had said, what her future was, where she was going to end up. The, the nation of Israel forgot about that, and then the Bible uses this word. Therefore, her collapse was awesome. You remember there was a time spiritually when Israel fell. It was a horrible thing. So let me, let me explain this to you. If you take that same scripture in the life of a child, your job as a parent is not to decide what their destiny is. It's to help them discover their destiny. And you do that as you take them before God. But once it's discovered, look at me real quick. I never let them forget what God said to them. 
I always remind them of what their future is so they never have the opportunity to forget because I never want them to collapse. In this life, if you forget where you're going, it's easy to collapse in the world we live in, yes or no? Every person in this place should consider what I'm saying. Never forget your future. Never forget your destiny. Never forget what God has said to you because if you lose that, the enemy would love to steal that from you. Because without it, you'll wander around. With it, boom, man, it puts you in a direction for your life. Never let them forget. Never, always, always remind them of their destiny. All right, let me give you the last one real quick. Mine changes. So Katie said it was to stand in the gap. Mine at this point, when I, when I do spiritual warfare, I called it influence. And I, I guess leadership would also be another word for it. My job in spiritual warfare with my kids and my grandkids I'm a leader for them. I'm an influencer over them. So how does that work? What, is that, what does that look like? All right. Um, when, when they were in their teenage years, uh, I'll use you in particular. Uh, Katie had a boyfriend one time, and uh, uh, more, than, more than one. Yeah. 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 Yeah, a few. A few yeah. boyfriends. The reason I say that is so that this one's not the one that I'm <laughs> picking. But um, we, we just didn't feel, we looked at it and didn't feel like, that's the one that's going to take her in the direction she needs to go. Any parent ever felt that before? Uh, if you abdicate your position as a parent to influence, you're making a major mistake. Um, trying to tell a kid, though, a young adult, hey, we don't think this is necessarily the way you should go. Sometimes you just get kicked back because they're your kids. Saying to her, listen, I don't think this helps you get close to your destiny. I don't think it was received Here's, here's what I did. I took it to the Lord, and I said, God, if I just tell her this, if I just say this to her, I'm not sure that my, I, I think I'm just going to present an argument to her. Because she's going to say, why do you feel that way? And all I can say is, I don't know, but I just feel this. So I remember saying to the Lord, give me your heart for my daughter so that when I say this, I could say it like the father is saying it to her. And I remember trying to get the words out of my mouth as to why I felt like this person is going to take you in the opposite direction. You do know a person can take you in the opposite direction that God wants you to go, right? I began to try to get these words out of my mouth, and I was stumbling. And all that happened is my heart began to break for my kid. And I began to weep as I tried to explain to her that God had so much more for her than what she could see with her eyes right here. She begins to weep. The two of us just... There was just a meeting of the souls in that. Now, it didn't solve that issue in like five minutes. But through that, the Holy Spirit worked. Where then, listen, I couldn't make this decision for her. She was an older person. She was of her own accountability. But my influence in that helped to direct her and to remind her of what her destiny is. And it wasn't too much longer after that. She meets JJ. I don't know where JJ is at. Where are you, JJ? Sitting in the back with Ezra. There you are. Jay, just so that you know, as soon as you you came to my house, dude, I was tough on you, but when you left, I said, that's the one. That's that's the guy right there. Marry that one. Don't let him get away. Um, I, I think a parent's ability to influence is part of spiritual warfare. Because, look, you... You are, when they're younger, you stand in the gap to call out what their destiny is. But when they're older, your ability to never give up your influence. Does that make sense? Never give up your influence, man. 
that's something that, it's your authority. I'm looking for the right word. Your authority, your leadership, your influence, your ability to speak forth the things of God. God's given that to you. Never give that up. So look, what would I think would pre-qualify me to even teach on a message like this? We've raised five not perfect children. We're not perfect parents. One perfect. One perfect, yeah, okay. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> One almost perfect child, no. Um, here's what I would say to you would be my, I don't want to say in a, my claim to be able to teach this message, all five of my children love Jesus. All five of my children have a genuine relationship with God. Three of the five want to serve him vocationally in ministry. I don't think that there's some... Folks, this is real. I've done this in front of you now going on 18 years. This is not fake. This is not phony. This is the real deal. What I'm saying to you are things that we put into practice in spiritual warfare in the lives of our children that we're reaping on some of those things right now. And as a believing parent, tell me that them serving Christ is not the most important thing that you want from them. It's what my goal is. It's what I hold on to. It's what I celebrated in front of God and thanked him for this afternoon. 1 Timothy chapter 1. I'll close with this, 18. Paul is talking to Timothy, a spiritual son, and he just says... My son, I'm giving this command, or in other words, I'm trying to influence you or lead you or direct you in keeping with the prophecies once made about you so that by you recalling them, you may fight the battle well. Church, listen. Sometimes we, we get to the place where it's so spiritually intimidating for us to, to lead our children or to stand in that gap. Katie was right. Prophecy is not something where you just you go into a trance and then you speak out. Read your Bible, get God's heart, and then speak that to your children. That's prophecy. When I preach, I am prophesying to you what God wants to see happen in your yes. life. And I put you in remembrance. Remind yourself what God said so that you can fight the enemy with this. This is how you win your battle. Does that make sense? Yeah. You know, I'm in, a, I'm in the middle of an of a extended fast right now. I'm on my fourth day of it. Um, and just been praying for our church. Many of you had over 200 people uh, send me individual requests to bring before the Lord. I hope you were fasting with me when I was, when I was doing that. Um, I felt this afternoon such a release of what God wants to do in our church that by speaking forth God's word, there's power right now in what God wants to do in people's lives. Yeah. So Katie and I, we were talking about the ministry time. Uh, here's who we thought we would we would minister to. Um, we thought Katie would pray for parents who find themselves in the day-to-day -day life, lifestyle of raising that kid. Maybe it's overwhelming. Maybe you're just like, you know, I, I don't know what to do exactly, or this is new to me, or maybe you've just been intimidated spiritually, or maybe never even heard these things. So Katie wants to pray for you to be able to, to exercise and to trust God and to step out into these things. I want to pray for parents who are maybe where I'm at in life. Maybe you've already raised your children. Maybe you're actually a grandparent at this point. 
here's what I want to minister to. I think when you hear a message like this, if God wasn't heavily involved in your parenting, for whatever reason, maybe you didn't know him, maybe you were never taught to, man, this is spiritual warfare and you do these things for the life of your children. Here's the problem with this message. The enemy would love to use it for condemnation. It would be like, you know, if only I'd have known these things. If only I would have prayed. If only I had more time. God is never the God of if only. He is the God of but now. Do you hear me? He is never the God of if only. He is the God of right, right now. Call on my name. Right now, stand in the gap. Right now, choose to use your influence. Right now, if you don't know what to do, then say to me, I don't know what to do, but I want to do something. And ask God to help you. And I want to pray for that group of people in here. Because the Lord would not want you to leave here frustrated. The Lord would not want you to leave here this weekend feeling like, I'm I'm hopeless in this, it's too late, or I don't know what to do. The Lord would want to leave you with hope. So, um, how about, how about this? Uh, let's, we'll just pray. Father, we just want to allow your spirit to be able to speak to the people you want to minister to right now. And so, Lord, um, as Katie's about to pray for parents dealing with the day-to-day lifestyle of raising children, Lord, I just want to pray for those people right now that you'd open their heart And that as Kate speaks out over their lives, that this would just simply be received. So if you fall into that category, I'll turn it over to Katie. And Kate, you just pray. I just feel like just that you should just stretch out your arms right now. That if you're in the season of just needing um, God to begin to lead you and how to lead your children and how to raise them and begin to to understand the spiritual warfare that's going on for them. Father, I pray for this group of people right now, Lord Jesus, that you would just begin to fill them up with your love and to fill them up with the things of you, God, that we we first have to receive to give to our children, Lord Jesus, that that love that we need to give that's unconditional and that's of you, Father God, that we first must receive. So my first prayer for you right now is that you would be filled up with God's love, that he is pleased with you, and that he's saying, good job, good job with your children, good job running the race and holding your children's hands alongside you. Good job, my faithful servants. And the second thing I want to pray for you tonight is wisdom on how to begin to impart these things with your children. What are the prayers God has for your children? What are the visions and prophecies that God has for your children? May he begin to fill you up. I pray that tonight you would go home and have dreams of what your children will be in 10 and 20 and 30 years from now and that you would begin to call it out in your children, that you would begin to speak out. Do you know what God has for you? Do you know the plan and purpose that God has for you, my child? He has called you and I want to run alongside you in this. God, I pray protection over families right now. Mm. Jesus, would you protect 
in the middle of spiritual warfare, would you send your guardian angels to surround families? Holy Spirit, would you fill families up with your wisdom and with your comfort and with your peace? We thank you for that right now. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let me pray for the people that might find themselves in the life situation of your children or older. It's past the point of day-to-day raising them in the household. It's past the point of the day-to-day influence of a little child. They're adults now. So maybe even as a grandparent, I would speak to you the opportunity to be that person that God has in their life. Man, it just never goes away. And if you would walk in that place that God has for you, not taking on some burden that that God didn't want you to carry, but just taking on the reality that God put you in that situation and, man, you can make such a difference. The story's not over yet. The end of the book is not here. You have a chance to, to influence, to make a difference. I pray that God would open your eyes and your heart to the spiritual warfare of this. That just by opening your mouth, you can shut the mouth of the liar. By standing up, by saying no, by resisting, the enemy has to flee. I want to pray in the middle of that for those who would feel condemnation over a message like this. There are times where Katie said it, Our job is not to build the house, it's to lay the foundation. The kid decides what kind of house they want to live in. In times when they do decisions and choices that we would disagree with, it's so easy to feel condemned, like, I was a bad parent, I should have done this, and I should have tried that, and gosh, pastor, if I'd have known. God is not the God of if only. He's the God of right now. But now, call out to him, right now. Ask God for his mercy. So maybe as that parent, right now, you could just even verbalize, maybe just say it in your heart, God, right now, help my children right now. God, right now in my family, right now, I turn to you. Right now, I grab this word, God, and I say yes to what the Holy Spirit wants to do in our family. Right now. That simple act, it's an act of spiritual warfare. It's you assuming a place that God has given to you. Run to the battle. Be afraid of it. Father, set at liberty your people. God, thank you for the destiny that you've called our families to. Thank you for the life, God, that you have for each of us. Father, thank you for being faithful to us, and thank you that even in matters like this, You're concerned with even the ordinary things in our life. God, I just give you praise for what you're doing right now, what you want to do. And I speak it in the only name under heaven by which it's possible. If you know that name, say it with me. It's Jesus. Amen. Amen. Go ahead and stand to your feet if you will.